When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always, sitting right here beside me, Gabe Ibrahim, virtually sitting right here beside virtually, me, virtually. Yes. <laughs> we've, ne- Gabe. we've never actually sat next to each other because we, we've met at the Mystics games, obviously, but we've not, yes. like, Christy sits courtside and I sit in, like, you know, as far away as they can put me. They put, they put me as far away from the courtside as possible. Um, so if we can work on that, Mystics, uh, folks, that'd be great. Yeah. But, um, we, so we have yeah. never we've never sat next to each other during a game, but virtually oh, we've been to a lot of them. Yeah, that's that's going to change. You know, ESA, we're going to we're going to set that up for you. So you're you're nice and close to the court side when the Mystics start up. And boy, I tell you what, the uh, free agency chatter right now, Gabe, has my eyebrows to the sky because there could be some really huge changes. And we thought that last season we saw some big moves, you know, with Bonner and Diggins Smith and, you know, we, oh, wow, can this year be bigger than last in terms of the free agency movement? Yeah, I, so I think yes, um, but also I think what, like last year it was like, okay, Connecticut got Bonner, Phoenix got Scouted Diggins Smith. So we're talking about really good teams getting those those excellent players so it's kind of it kind of stayed the stack the standings kind of stayed stagnant outside of washington because washington lost a lot of their players Um, right this year i think we may have a situation where these moves could really change the balance of power in that there's going to be good players going from 
good teams to, you know, teams that are late, uh, the, the sort of bottom of the playoff lottery teams. So I think we're, right. we might wow. see a little bit more changes, um, but the rumors that you're talking about. So I did, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on a few of these. Um, so okay. the, fir- the first two have to do with LA. So Candace Parker is talking to the Chicago Sky, according to Nick Nydorf of The Next. Uh, and then Chelsea Gray is talking to Las Vegas, according to Howard Magdell. Um, so obvi- I think I, I, those are true from everything I've heard, that those, those talks are happening. I would be surprised if both of them moved, but I could totally see it. So if you, if you had to pick, can't like... Which one of those things would you rather see more? Candace Parker back in her hometown of Chicago or Chelsea Gray with the Las Vegas Aces, presumably with both uh, Liz Cambage and um, Asia Wilson? Listen, uh, <laughs> Your you know, face. <laughs> my face right now is like, oh my goodness. First of all, you know, when I first saw that Candace Parker was entertaining, possibly going back to Chi-Town, Chicago, mm-hmm. and playing for the Sky, I have to say I was a little surprised, and not in a mean way, no. but I just thought that she would, you know, finish out her career in L.A., um, you know, with, with what um, she's done there with the championship and everything. So, I don't know. I just, I just, I was kind of surprised by that, but then, you know, Dwayne Wade also went back to Chicago and played for the Bulls. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you have to remind the Heat fan about that. Come on. That hurts. That was... <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, I just want to say that any Sparks fan listening, if any of this stuff comes to pass, <laughs> you can talk to the Lynx fans about Simone Augustus last year, too. You can come talk to there me. I, I've been, I've been through it. Like I when when yeah. he left, that was the hardest breakup ever in my life by far. Oh. It, it hurt my soul. Yeah. So I understand if these things come to pass. Not that they, not that they would right. necessarily. But I if exactly. you guys have if you guys if, if this does happen, you guys can come to me. We can all comfort together. It'll be a nice uh, therapy circle. But sorry, I interrupted you. So you you no, thought she would no. finish uh, with L.A. but. In terms of basketball, what do you think? Of, what do you think of her playing with Vandersloot, Quigley, that kind of great group that they have there? I don't think she should do that. I mean, that's okay. just my my knee, and that's my knee jerk reaction. So to oops, to make it a little better um, for you, let's just say LeBron James. You know, he um, went to uh, Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is that still is that still bad? That he left. I can still say that. Okay. Good. Okay. So, so with that, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I just think that she's just better suited in LA. I, mm-hmm. I, that, that's just me. And maybe that's just me being a, a, a loyalist when it comes to, to yes. teams, you know, how I do. And if you've listened to podcasts in the past, you understand, um, what my frame of reference is on that. But <laughs> I, I, if she did somehow end up in Chicago, I think that would be a great mix actually. Um, especially with Vandersloot finding her in secondary, you know, opportunities no. to score, I think would be immense for Candace there. Um, you know, she's an initiator of offense as well. And she gets it off the glass and she can push it up at six, four and, and, you know, be a, a great surveyor of the floor and get four or five assists on her own. And to have Vandersloot and Quigley, 
uh, as viable uh, scorers and distributors. And I think that it's intriguing, but I'm going to tell you what, it would blow the doors off the conversation around the league if Chelsea Gray yeah. went to Vegas. I'm just telling you, that would be that would be one of those blockbuster player movements, I think, mm-hmm. in the league if that if that went down, just because of the piece is involved and and we're talking about distributing the basketball. And Cam Beige, have you seen the videos that Cam Beige has posted yes. about her workouts and whatnot? Listen. She's shooting threes. She's coming around, you know, cones like a like a two guard. I'm like, listen, she is like in great shape. She's ready to come and compete. And then you have Asia Wilson on the other side. And then you have mm-hmm. Chelsea Gray dropping dimes off. Listen, that to me is is the one that's that's gonna carry me um up off the floor because i'm gonna fall out if that happens <laughs> i think that, that's gonna be the 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 big move of the of the summer if that's the deal yeah i'd love i mean to me I, i'm with you i think it's more the the prospect of chelsea gray the player in vegas is a little bit more exciting than candace parker the player in chicago just because i mean candace is obviously an all-world player but honestly like i'm just having trouble envisioning it um, and, yeah. and, you know, it's not like it's impossible, right? Like we saw with Simone Augustus last year, it can totally happen. But I'm having trouble envisioning Candace Parker in any other jersey but I know. a Sparks jersey. So uh, maybe That's maybe me. if it happens, I'll think about it a little bit more. Right. Chelsea, I think she she's a player who I think could actually really benefit from moving to Vegas. Because what you said, I mean, she would she would be – sort of the late game score for them. And that's been somewhat of a problem for, for Las Vegas is they don't have, um, obviously Asia Wilson's a great player. Obviously, um, Liz Cambage is a great player. It's just hard when your clutch score is a big, because there's a lot more things as a defense that you can do to stop that. And so I think they would really benefit from having someone as reliable as Chelsea Gray Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, another great player in Kayla McBride. Right. So I think, I think it'd be huge. I think it'd be really, really cool to see Vegas continue to just go for it. Like they got the three, yeah. they got the three number one picks. A lot of times teams will say, Hey, we have these three number one picks. Let's wait it out. Let's build the team. They said, no, they went out and they got Liz Cambage. They went out and they got Angel McCautry. If they go out and get Chelsea Gray, I mean, we're talking about some of the biggest coups in, in WNBA free agency history here. So I, yeah. I'd be really, really excited by that. Um, I will say someone someone in the league recently told me a lot of people get upset in L.A. and a lot of people go back to L.A. So I would oh. I'm not I'm not putting a, I'm just going to wait it out and see what happens come Monday, February 1st to yeah. see if these players are actually going to leave. Because have you been to L.A.? I have been to LA several times and it's beautiful. Right. <laughs> and I want to go back. It's, I want to go back. I didn't even play there. I just want to go back to visit again because it was so, awesome. Right now, we li- we both live in the DC area. I'm looking outside. It's gray. It's like 34 degrees. I'm going to have to walk my dog in a little bit. It's a terrible time. I would, I'm not, <laughs> if I ever moved to LA, I would also never leave LA. So I, I think it'd be, it'd be a, a shocking to see both of them move, even with those reports. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, I obviously, we, we, I trust the reporting and, and it's been, you know, it's been rumored to me that that is also happening by other people. So, oh, wow. um, 
I think it, it, it it's definitely there's there's a, definitely talks, but you never know, right? You never know. Oh, also, that would be crazy. Just a word to all free agents: you should definitely go talk to all of the teams, right? Because now it's like. LA is going to be feeling the pressure. And this happened in our mock off season that, um, you know, I was New York and there was a couple other teams there that had money. And, and right. I was just, I was throwing as much money at people as possible because guess what? Maybe we don't get the player, but now LA is going to have to spend more on, on re-signing grade or spend more on re-signing Parker. Yeah. There's, there's an element of chess here that you can make your competition spend more than maybe they want to. Exactly. And when NECA already cored, that team's going to get real expensive. So yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing how all that plays out. Um, and yeah. and I, I don't know. I don't know how excited we're, I'm going to get about any of that quite yet. Um, but we, I do have a couple yeah. more rumors for you. To, yeah, give me some uh, to your way. So uh, Cheyenne Parker is talking to the Atlanta Dream that was reported by Bailey Johnson of the okay. next. Um, she, I would assume that this is related to Kansas Parker talking to that. You know, you kind of got to connect the got connect those dots. Um, yeah. And then Alicia Gray, who's a restricted free agent, so that means that if she uh, wants to sign with another team, that team would have to sign her to an offer sheet, which then the Dallas right. Wings could match. Match it, yep. yep. Um, but she is getting interest from the Seattle Storm, the Atlanta Dream, and the Indiana Fever. Um, which one of those two... No, same same question. Which one of those two things are, are more interesting to you? Because um, you know, I, I have my I have my pins on these players, but both really good players, and we've seen them only yeah. in the in this kind of situation growing. Yeah, right. And so right, I'm right. interested. Do you think like which one of those players is uh, someone you'd like to see move to a different opportunity? I think I like Cheyenne Parker in Chicago, yeah. but if Candace comes there, I mean, like you said, I mean mm-hmm. that's you know too many. Uh, too many uh, situations, I think, for for playing time. You're you're vying for for the same minute, so I think that's going to be a little difficult if she does stay. But I like I like Cheyenne Parker there. But I think for Gray, I mean, she had a great season last year. Uh, I just think that if she were to go to a team like Seattle, because isn't Clark a free agent as well? Yes, that is so. I, those two things may also be connected. Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I am saying. Uh, so if that's the case, I wouldn't be mad about that. I think that that would be a good situation for her um, with Jewel Lloyd as, as a partner uh, on the court, um, on the perimeter. I think that would be that would be exciting to see, I think. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be mad at that. And I love Gray's game ever since college. You know, she started at North Carolina covered her there great kid you know and in, in interviews and and just uh at practices and just having banter with her um and then she went on and won that championship with don staley and, and south carolina 2017 so I, I think that with with that um with that underbelly if you will of of her experiences and what she's been able to do and i think she's improved every season mm-hmm. i think if she went to a team like Seattle and had Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd, as I yeah. said, like, and, and Sue Bird, you know, um, right there to learn from and, and continue to develop. I mean, this is a worker bee. This is a kid who puts the time in. So I think she would really, 
she would really materialize, I think, as a as a more seasoned player. Yeah. If she went there and had that around her, because Dallas, you know, they were one of the younger teams in the league. And, yes. and that's not a slight either, because, yes, you want to grow together, but you also want to be challenged to the point of improving at a higher level, if that makes sense. But, yeah. I mean, they won the championship last year, Seattle did, and they have so many um, experienced pieces um, that would be around her if she went there. So I think, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? And um, I think that that would be, that would be a, a fun opportunity, I think, for her. And it would be fun to watch and to see how much – she would improve if she would make it to Seattle. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I would love to see her in Seattle just because I want to see her play in the, in the biggest of games. Um, yeah. And that's, I, I don't, I'm not trying to shade Dallas. I think Dallas has, is building something nice, but they're still building. For yeah. her to be, have an opportunity to go to a team that's already championship caliber in, in Seattle would be great because we know she's a big game player and I yeah. think she's really efficient. She, her efficiency has gotten better every single year. Um, last year she had a bit more of a role um but it, she her role is always going to be limited just because Enrique Gumbawale isn't is in Dallas and you got to get Enrique the ball it's, I, it is. I love yeah. Alicia she's not Enrique <laughs> so you got to get Enrique the ball and so there's not as much ball for Alicia Alicia Gray yeah so I think her in Seattle would be great um I, I think her in Atlanta would be good I mean they have like it depends who comes back but they have like a pretty set front court uh back court rotation um, right, and, right, and wing right, rotation. Right. So to me, it's like, well, are you going to get all the opportunities there? I'd love to see her in Indy too. Um, I really like Coach Stanley, so I, I think she could get a lot out of her. So any of those possibilities <laughs> is cool, right. but her in Seattle is is really interesting. And as I said, it is a, it, it's very interesting that Seattle was floated out there for Alicia Gray when, if everything was going well for them. Right. You'd expect them not to have any money for Alicia Gray. So if they were able to bring back, and they might still, uh, this is not something I know or anything, but sure, sure. They might still be able to, to bring back both Clark and Howard, or at least one of them. But yeah. I'm kind of getting worried that they might lose both Alicia Clark really? and Natasha Howard. And it's actually Howard's cord. So I, cord I ex- yeah. yeah. So I explained this a little bit like Natasha Howard's cord. So she would want to ba- basically what would have to happen. She would want to leave Seattle and say, I want to, I want to be traded. Uh, right. And then they would work out a trade with whoever, whoever the team is that she wants to go to or with any team, depending on, on how she asks um, for a trade. But I think it could right. happen. And as I, ex- cause I explained, like she wants to be MVP. Like she's talked about how she wants to explore how much how much more ability she has in basketball it's something similar to where we yeah. saw with uh like Kyrie Irving he left a really good situation in Cleveland to go yeah. to Boston to see if he could you know scale up so I think I think there's a possibility that Howard asked for that trade and that trade's being worked out and that's right. why Seattle kind of has money to go chase an Alicia Gray um and I'm, I'm just that. I'm I'm worried right like <laughs> I'm worried that there's rumors about yeah. Seattle because that means maybe Alicia Clark's gone too. And it's like, well, yeah. If yeah. Alicia Clark's not here and Natasha Howard's not here, that changes the, the entire balance of the league, right? 
Yeah. I mean, Clark is a linchpin. I mean, she is like mm-hmm. the do everything utility player. I mean, and Sue Bird's absence this past season at the beginning, when she was injured. I mean, it was Clark who picked up her numbers offensively. It was Clark who, you know, was always mm-hmm. a diligent defender, but all of a sudden she became like this, I don't know, a diligent defender times a hundred. Yeah. Like she just yes. like ramped, she ramped everything up. So I just think she is, she is that kind of player mentally. And when she is challenged, uh, she steps up to the plate and she's right there for you, reliable. And that's the first person I thought of, you know, when yeah. you mentioned Seattle as being one of the teams that was interested in Gray. And yeah, I think that's, uh, that would be interesting. But I, I could see that happening. I, I think, you know, Seattle, in, if that went down and, and uh, Gray goes to Seattle and, and Clark leaves, I think that would be tough for Seattle to make up, I think, the, yeah. the defensive energy and the size. I mean, she's a little bit bigger, not much, um, but a little bit more size, um, stronger. She can play um, multiple positions. I'm speaking of, of uh, Clark. So, I mean, she's, you know, she can play some posts uh, defense mm-hmm. a little bit as well. I don't think Greg could do that um, as well as, as uh, Clark could, but I don't know that that would be, that would be very intriguing if that, if that move was made as well. I, I, I do. I mean, cause Alicia Clark fits in any team in the league to, I always say it's like she's every everyone on like everyone on WNBA Twitter's favorite player because like she is. she's so she's such a leader. She does the yeah. little things, you know. I don't know. She she may want a bigger role. I don't know, but whatever she wants, like there could be. I I, I think when you're a free agent, and this to me is the biggest thing. Like I I want to see what's out there. I want to know what what other teams are going to talk to me about. Um, yeah. to understand what, what the opportunities are out there in the world, especially for a player like her, who um, I believe she spent her entire, yeah, she spent her entire career with Seattle and yeah. she, you're winning titles and all that, but there's only so many titles. Well, uh, you, you may, you may quibble with this. There's only so many titles you can win before you're like, <laughs> I want someone else. Right. Yeah. But you know what? I think, I, I think it's, it's beyond titles because, you know, and I don't want to sound you know, put offish at all, yeah. but been there, done that, got the rings. Um, yeah. And she has, and I, and I agree with you. Look, we agree. And I, <laughs> with that part, you know, I just think that, you know, this is a kid who led the country in scoring in college at South Florida, like 28 or 29 points a game. So she's been wingman in Seattle in terms mm-hmm. of that part of her game and mm-hmm. to be able to sacrifice being wired to score at that kind of volume and then be the puzzle piece for Seattle to be able to win championships. This is what we need you to do. And boy, she is, she has done that. So would she want to go somewhere else and average 20 a game, you know, because that's, you know, I don't know. Big dogs bite. You know what I'm saying? Or go like, to, or go to a bigger market to too, right? Exactly. Maybe, maybe she's like, well, I, I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know any of this, but I'm just gonna, like LA or New York, right? Like you have a lot, you, you have significantly different opportunities of in course. those two markets or Atlanta too. If you want to be on TV, yeah. you have a yeah. lot of different opportunities in yeah. those markets than you do in Seattle. Not that I love Seattle. It's a great city, but it's like, there's just different stuff. Maybe not of necessarily course. better. But there's difference. Also, I really like that you call you called uh, Alicia Clark a kid. She's thirty three. She is. That's right? a kid to me. To me, that's she's a kid. 
I just I remember all these players as as college kids. Mm -hmm. So I always say kids. So I'm a mom. And so anyone younger than me is a kid. So, yeah, (laughs) 33 is that's kid. (laughs) She. Oh, yeah. You were already in Maryland when she was when she was born. She was she was a killer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) one last thing on 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 WNBA free agency. I haven't heard anything about D.C. players. Mm. And that's probably a good thing. Um, that's probably a good thing that, uh, you know, Yeah. we haven't heard any noise on Ariel Powers. We haven't heard anything about Emma Mieseman or right. t- uh, Tina Charles. I mean, Tina Charles, I'm pretty sure is coming back. Like both sides will want to have her back and she yeah. forced her way. Like there, there's plenty of reason to think that she's going to come back even exactly. at, with possibly a discount, but we haven't heard anything about the other players and that's nice. Um, in Emma's case, the real question, I think like, I think she would play. I, I'm, I'm not sure she would leave the mystics in the WNBA. It's just more of a question of like, is she going to come over because of all of those international obligations? There's a Euro basket and the Olympics. Right. Uh, she takes right. it super seriously. Um, so does. I don't know if she'll, she'll want to just stay in Europe. Um, especially with all the COVID craziness still going on and it being exactly. so unclear right now. So yeah. that's a bigger question with um, with the Mystics, but it's good that we're not hearing anything because then yeah. we, get to, we get to see this team mostly <laughs> intact next year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you see Emma Mieseman's name on that list and you see Ariel Powers' name on that list and Tina Charles, I mean, those are the players I all want to, I want to see all of them play together mm-hmm. with Della Don and with cloud and everybody. I just say, and, and Hawkins, I just think that it, it, it's tough, especially for me, I mean, it's a tough call. I, yeah. As you said, I just think that because she had a bout with COVID of her own, she tested positive um, a couple months back, you know, there's probably more of a precaution, even though she was always uh, pretty precautious with it and everything, mm-hmm. but you know, inevitably um, she contracted it. So I, I think there's going to be, you know, a lot of that for a lot of players who are um, who are international and, and that choice that they have to make, um, whether or not to stay there and it's an Olympic year and, and there's so many variables to it. But Ariel Powers, I mean, I believe they, they have to lock her back in yeah. and, you know, keep her here in D.C. I mean, she loves it here. I mean, she's a, a gamer you know, with the video games, you know, she just uh, signed with the, the Wizards group. Mm-hmm. Fluid. Is that, is that? I, I don't I don't remember the exact. Oh, name. that's not I, the name of it. So forgive me. I, you know, I should ask my. So I don't understand. Liquid, 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 liquid. Thank you. I knew it was C fluid, liquid, same deal. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't team, know anything about liquid. gaming. <laughs> I, just I don't say, like, either. It's all news. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, that's I guess why I I'm missed the, on that. I'm, I'm in the age yeah. bracket, but I don't understand anything about like the team gaming. <laughs> I know she's really good, though. Sorry, I'm sorry for interrupting. Very no, you're good. I, I was just apologizing to Ted and the group that I that I missed on the name, but yeah. I, I just think for <laughs> for for Ariel, I just think she's she's grounded here in DC. Um, and another kid, you know, from Michigan mm-hmm. State, who I knew when she was uh, a college player in, in the Big Ten and um, the career that she had there. I just think that when you are trying to decide, and I was never a, a free agent, and I you know, I didn't have international obligations, so all of these extra factors that they have to work with, 
I'm sure are not easy. But what I do know is that Mike Tebow is a fantastic general manager and coach. I know mm-hmm. that he runs this organization properly. Um, obviously, they won the championship 2019. But I just think that, you know, there's so much buy-in to doing it the right way. Yeah. And when you have players like Miesman, you have players like Charles who played for him and was doing everything she could to get back with him speaks volumes to what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, and I know Powers is bought in. And if you know her at all, you know that she is all about um, positive vibes, great energy, you know, passion on the court and just plays the game the right way. And she wants to be around people who have that same understanding and, and respect for the game and, and yeah. do it with integrity. So I think that she'll, she'll be in DC. And I, I believe Tina Charles will, you know, a- after not having an opportunity to play with the team last year because of her um, asthma situations and couldn't go down to the bubble. I think that, you know, she's probably intrigued to, yeah. to stay just because that she missed it, you know, and I think she'll come back. No, I think, so. I think so too. Definitely on, um, on Tina. And, and I think what you're saying, I mean, the mystics culture, um, you know, I, I think the difference here, right. Cause obviously Seattle has a great culture too, both winning franchises, both franchises that, um, you know, have a, a history of winning. I think if you look at where these teams have been, right. So last year, yeah. Seattle kind of came in with that chip on their shoulder saying, you know, last year we lost a year. We lost a year because Stewie was injured because Sue Bird was injured. And they came in this year and, and came out like gangbusters. Yeah. I think for DC, yeah. there's a similar, there's a similar thing here that's saying like, we didn't really get to defend that title. And I think exactly. that's when you're talking about these really high level players, like, you know, yeah, we, 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 you know, we can talk about all the other um, considerations of free agency, like we just did with Alicia Clark, but right. at a certain level, like these people are competitive and they're, yeah. and I'm sure they're really upset that they haven't had the chance to defend their title from last year. So I, no could, I, I see that playing a role in powers decision in, yeah. Uh, Charles and Hawkins. I, I could see them all saying, okay, you know, we're going to, maybe it's just for one year. Maybe it's just for one year. Maybe we all come back just for one year and we all sacrifice a little bit of money, roll, shots, whatever, minutes, whatever, to right. get back to where we were and be, and be able to defend our title. So I think that that could be playing yeah. a role there. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, the competitive fire in all of them, I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, they have to, I mean, as much as we want to see them all back together, trust and believe they want to be all back together too. I I think that that just is a given. And I'm sure uh, Mike Tebow feels the same way. Like I want them all back (laughs) because, wow, I mean, that's just a cornucopia of success when you're looking at the pieces involved and he's the GM. He put that all together. Mm-hmm. So he wants to see it work out. He wants to put the cake in the oven and, and <laughs> see what happens. What? So. And they liked each other a lot. Like that was most yeah. of the things I wrote about the team that year was like, these people just seem to really enjoy being around. And they yep. obviously winning makes being around people <laughs> easy, right? <laughs> like when you're winning games, yeah, it's chemistry is great when you're winning. But great chemistry. Yeah, I do think they 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 legit have you know a, a good friendship. They built bonds, and I, I think that'll help in this free agency. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, just because haven't, we haven't heard anything doesn't mean nothing's happening. But no, um, no news is good news. That's what I'm going to take on that. 
for, for DC, no news is good news. I do wonder how long we're going to have to wait. Because I know, I know for some of these things, like we'll probably hear about it fairly soon, probably Monday uh, yeah. morning, hopefully. Um, yeah. But for some other stuff, I'm not, just not sure how long it's going to take, um, especially with something like DC where they're waiting to hear about Emma because Emma changes the money calculus for everyone involved. Um, right. We'll see though. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful on them. So is there anything else here from uh, anything else in WNBA free agency we want to touch on before the, the bonanza starts on Monday? Uh-huh. No, I, I just think we just have to, uh-huh. you know, get our popcorn out and our cranberry mm-hmm. and the ice and a lime and, and just kind of wait on it and see yeah. what, what transpires. But I will be side-eyeing those blockbuster possibilities yeah. of Gray and Parker and Parker, uh, you know, and everybody so, moving. Well, any, Gray any and Gray Parker. and Parker and Parker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see what that looks like. I mean, it's, it's definitely intriguing. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, we could just... We could go on and on about it, but I just think let's just wait and see what happens. I think is what we have to do at this point. Uh, follow at her hoop stats because I think I'll be I'll be doing something talking. I don't know if it'll be on the Twitter. I, you'll find out about it if you just follow at her hoop stats on Twitter, um, and then obviously like follow, you know. Winsider, the next Howard, uh, Megdell, uh, Rachel Galligan. Like, there's a yep. ton of people that there's going to be breaking news. Um, hopefully, there's more because I think it's better when there's more people breaking news. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'll find out. Monday, Monday's going to yeah. be a big day. Um, Monday's going to be a big day. But there's still yeah. – so I, we, there's real basketball, though, and we have to talk about it. Um, so UConn. Yeah. Is, is you, so should UConn just be in the SEC? Let's start there. Because they play Tennessee. <laughs> they're going to play Arkansas. Just put them in the SEC. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, that would be fun. Uh, yeah, but that, that Tennessee game, uh, I'm just so glad that they uh, that they rebirthed mm-hmm. that that um, rivalry and, and all the history that, that has gone on with it. And it was just, that was a great game. And I think, you know, Paige Beckers, when she hit that huge shot, that was that was amazing. But, you know, before that, she was one for 10. Let's not yep. forget um, that she was struggling. And, you know, she rolled her ankle and she came back and hit that shot. And, and that's what we're talking about with, because it was dramatic. But when it all is said and done, you have to look at what Kristen did and, and how awesome her game was. She had 20 points and was super efficient throughout. Mm-hmm. the contests and yes Paige has a, a huge uh social following and I love Paige personally I love her mm-hmm. and and what she means for the game and you know I just have to give credit where credit is due and while that shot was amazing and it was it was crucially clutch it mm-hmm. was crucially clutch and we're all in agreement with that but I just don't want you know, the efforts of the other players on the team to go by the wayside. So if you're going to talk about Paige, that's, I mean, that's warranted. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm talking about her right now. So there's that. <laughs> but I just think, I just think that you have to also um, speak to the collective effort of the team um, yeah. as well, not just the, the money shot um, that, you know, broke the backs of, of the Tennessee Bulls. No, I agree. And I think you know, Paige is going to get a lot of attention because she does have that huge following. And, and to a large part, it is fair. Like she came back on a bum ankle, hit a big shot. Like that's a sports movie moment. That's the kind of things that um, 
you live yeah. for as a, as a, as like a sports writer or, or sure. a highlight <laughs> highlight maker. Like that's the stuff you live for. But I, I think you're right. Uh, Olivia Nelson, Adota, Kristen Williams, Avina Westbrook, like those players are the players that are driving Connecticut's victories. And it makes sense, right? Like when you yes. think about this team that is so young, so many freshmen, so many new players coming in, right. You're going to lean on those and they're just juniors, by the way. <laughs> I mean, they don't have any seniors. I mean, Gino has zero seniors, and they're West, Westbrook's they're like, a redshirt junior. But the like Olivia Nelson, Adota, Kristen Williams, they're real juniors, and it's just like that's the leadership yeah. on this team. Yeah, and you can see how they're how they're leading this team through the ups and downs. Because Aaliyah Edwards one day is going to have a huge game. And she'll regress to have six points against Tennessee, right? And you'll see the same thing from Paige. Paige will have a huge game against a really good team, and then she'll come back against a really good team and go one for ten because she's a freshman. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's not that many freshmen that just come in and are are amazing. Not to say that Paige isn't, but you still need those those vets. And I think that has been most impressive to me, how those vets have taken on that sort of leadership role and how advanced this team is defensively. I think Absolutely. they really communicate well. That's all Gino. I mean, Gino's breaking you. Gino's a great coach. <laughs> He's a wizard. He's a wizard. And, I, I, you know, Tennessee was tough. I mean, in that game, it wasn't like, you know, uh, UConn came in and bulldozed them. Mm-hmm. That was a great game. That was like, great Tennessee, game. you're talking about good defense. I thought their defense was stellar. I mm-hmm. thought their energy on the glass was amazing. And I don't even know. Um, the the specific numbers on the glass, but just the eyeball test and watching how they were hustling and uh, getting to the boards, offensive boards and defensive boards. I just thought they were impressive to watch. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to have Kelly on the sideline too. I, I love how they were flashing back to um, Kyra and Kelly being teammates at Tennessee mm-hmm. um, when um, when Kentucky played Tennessee. And just to have that, that lineage of Pat Summit you know, continuing in our game. I yes. think it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. And then obviously with Gino and Pat and how they had those great games in the past. And, um, and just to revive that rivalry, I think is great for, for the fans and, and for us, you know, just yeah. to, um, just to kind of relive all, all of the great moments that, that those two teams have had against each other, but, but also to, to give respect, to Pat Summit and and what she was uh, able to do at Tennessee and um, you know those great UConn games when she and uh, Gino went against each other were just epic. So um, it's good to uh, to see that still being continued. Yeah, and you know it's it, it's from a I mean I'm more of a WNBA guy than than the college guy. So for me it's always like I love when we get those highlight packages of. UConn Tennessee players, right? We're going to get them for Renaya Davis. We're going to get them for, you know, yeah. Olivia Nelson, Dota, Kristen Williams, any of those players that go pro. We're going to, we're going to see these tapes of them playing against Tennessee, playing against South Carolina. Like we're going to have those games where we have the big, the biggest names in college basketball going up against yeah. each other. Um, yeah. and it's nice. It, it, it really was nice to, to get that sort of big game feel. And it's, it's been a weird year. So it was nice to have a little bit of a, uh, it was fun, um, but speaking nostalgia. of fun, yeah. Speaking of fun, so uh, as I mentioned, there's two more SEC games left for UConn, <laughs> despite them being in the Big East. Uh, <laughs> they they scheduled Arkansas like 
40 minutes ago to play tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, they're like, can you be here tomorrow? Sure. Yeah, we're doing uh, it. Ar- and Arkansas really has that energy. I feel like any if anybody needs a game, you can call up Mike Neighbors and he will be there because he is the, the team has played one of the hardest schedules in the country. Um, they've lost they've lost a, a, a bunch of games here um, recently. Not a bunch, like I think two or three of their last um, of the last few. Yeah, they've lost two straight and then they lost two before that. So it's been it's been right. tough because they played Tennessee, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Georgia, like all these teams are in the top 25, but they're yeah. still coming back for more. They're like, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're coming right back. back for more. Yeah. <laughs> After they've already played Maryland, they've already played Kentucky. They've, they've played such a hard schedule. And for them to scout right. to UConn, I think it's, um, it was, uh, it's, it's courageous. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I like it though. I like it. Like you, that's how you measure yourself. I mean, you know what you're going to get um, when you play SEC teams, you're going to get that lockdown defense. You're going to get that. Um, you have to be able to break different um, defensive schemes in terms of full court presses. And I just think it's a, it's a great challenge for UConn um, to do what they're doing. And I think with the Arkansas game, the big question is, is Paige Becker's healthy enough to play? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she came um, with a boot to practice the day after that game against Tennessee. And and I'm not sure of her status uh, since then, or whether or not she's been able to practice, but I think that's going to be a, a telling tale too, in terms yeah. of the depth um, and the offensive um, firepower that UConn's going to be able to present. Yes, they do have the trio of juniors, but you know, Paige is pretty darn good and she can find those juniors. If she's not knocking in shots um, consistently that's going to be okay because they, they have enough in the tank in terms of other players who can get the job done. So, mm-hmm. but I think it, it, I think it will um, be interesting to see if, if Paige can, can go. And if she does go, what she looks like going, right. Yeah. Um, if she's gimpy or, you know, doesn't have the explosive, the explosiveness, um, you know, making moves or trying to get by people to, to make great passes that she makes. I think that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see if, if she can go and, and how well she looks. Yeah, I'm also I'm really interested in the. I don't know if this is how they're going to match up. It's probably how I would match up. But Kristen Williams and Chelsea Dungey. Uh, yes, Dungey's a bucket getter. I mean, she you know, I've is. Seen, she's been floating up draft the the media draft boards recently um, mm-hmm. because I think, in my opinion, because of her ability to get to the line. I'm not. I don't think anybody in the country at this level quite gets to the line as well as she does. Um, but. To me, it's just going to be interesting to see, like, all right, how how is that matchup going to go? Because these two have been, these two have been through it, Williams and Dundry. Like they've been, they've been right. in the big situations. You know, they want, they're going to want these big moments. Um, yeah. So I just want to see how it, how it's going to work um, sure. between them. Because I, I I would hope that matchup happens, and I think if it does, we're going to see some fireworks there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm really like- excited for you, Con. And 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 we we don't have to get too excited about it yet. But UConn, South Carolina, um, February eighth. Can we get that moved up just so we can make sure it happens? <laughs> so we, we talked. We, we talked about this like at the beginning of the year. Uh, yeah. We talked about South Carolina, UConn, and then we kind of put it away because it's like, well, we don't want to get too excited about something that's happening. I know. <laughs> it's not that far away. It's not that far away. So if hopefully everything goes well and we get South Carolina, yeah. UConn, because uh, yeah, South, South Carolina is really good too. Yeah. Yeah. Leah Boston. I mean, wow. Where does she have that triple double? 
Mm-hmm. My goodness, don't you have 10 blocks? Come on, Gabe, now. Not too many people can do that. Not no. too many people can do that. And she was amazing last week. She's special. Yeah, she's tough. I love it. She's- I love it. And that's going to be a great game. Like, I, you know, definitely have that circled. And uh, we'll definitely be in front of the tube checking that one out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's uh, that's UConn's SEC slate. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I wonder. Like, I am not sure we this could happen anymore. But if UConn could play more SEC games than an SEC team, let me see. Okay, no, no, Vanderbilt's only played three SEC games. Oh boy, and so, UConn is playing. <laughs> and UConn will end up playing three SEC games. Three. Uh, oh man. But, you know, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it from UConn's perspective. I appreciate it from uh, Arkansas's perspective. Like these are the games that That's grow. Fair. These are the games that grow the game. Um, and, you know, yeah, you might lose, but guess what? UConn and Arkansas, like, you're better. Yeah. You're going to get into the tournament. I'm, I'm yeah. sure of it. I can almost guarantee you're going to get into the tournament, and then you'll yep. figure it out there. Um, Absolutely. But speaking of a tournament that's going to be crazy, I want to talk about the Big Ten. Yes. Uh, I'm talking to a Big Ten network analyst here, which is not something we mentioned enough that. You can find huh. Chris usually on the Big Ten Network, like every other day, basically, right? Yeah. Now that I have the uh, the home production uh, studio in here, I've been able to do a lot more mm-hmm. games, which has been fun and and convenient. But boy, I tell you what, every other day you're talking about uh, um, on these games. Every other day, the standings rotate like crazily. It's like a turnstile, right? In terms of wins and losses yeah. in the conference. Yeah, so Maryland was the team that was kind of ahead, and they looked really good. Yeah. Then they lost to Ohio State, who also beat Michigan. Um, and then there's Indiana, who's also – all four of those teams I just mentioned only have one loss in conference. Right. Um, so I wanted to talk about Ohio State because I don't know a lot about Ohio State. I only, I've, I've only watched them a couple games now. Um, but tell me about this team because they look just really well-rounded, really competent. Um, they don't seem to me to have a, a big weak spot. Obviously, Nas Hillman gave it to him with 50 points. I mean, but they won but the they, game. But they won. Lost, they won the game. Lest we forget, right? Um, but now, hey, two words you need to know about Ohio State. Madison Green, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, it's a collective effort for um, Kevin McGuff and his team, but they can put the ball in the basket and you have to be able to lock them down. And I think Maryland just had, you know, some situations where they, they had some turnovers early and, you know, when you get those turnovers and those turnovers turn into runouts and easy buckets, you know, that kind of gets you off kilter and out of rhythm. And I think that's mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest issues out of that Maryland Ohio state game um, that Ohio state won by two points. But when you have two high powered offensive squads, when you have two high powered offensive squads going against each other, it's going to be who can play the best defense. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it was, what was it? 88, 86, that game. So it wasn't like a, a grinded out rock fight kind of yeah. defensive effort. 81, but, 77. Yeah. Oh, okay. It wasn't that it wasn't a rock fight per se, but I think it was, you know, it was a test to, to see who could control who mm-hmm. the best in, in terms of pace of play on the defensive side. And Ohio State brings that to the table too. So yes, they're able to score. Madison Green is is phenomenal in her pull-up game. Like she is she is great to the bucket as well. And Dorka Juhas 
you know, mm-hmm. and she has been amazing too. I know she was out a little bit with the ankle injury, but she's back six, four, uh, face the bucket player knocks in threes. Um, but she's a reliable rebounder inside and you have to have that as well. So I think there's just a, a strong inside out compliment on this team. Um, Ohio state wants to spread you out. They like to run a lot of what the Milwaukee bucks run uh, for Giannis for Dorka Juhas, which is, you know, a lot of face the bucket things, a lot of um, bringing her off screens, um, getting her off on that, on that left side. So she can let, let some shots fly. I think that, um, for Maryland in that game, it was just tough going in that third quarter. I think that's what did the men. And I don't even know the differential in scoring in that quarter, but you know, I was watching the game and it just felt mm-hmm. like that's where they lost their leverage. Um, they had a great first half where Katie Benson had five threes go in for her yep. and it was like, like firing and, and hitting them. But then in that second half, the flow of the offense wasn't the same. Um, they weren't getting the shots to fall. And then down the stretch, like those little chippies weren't falling. And you don't see Maryland miss many shots inside the paint. Mm-hmm. So um, credit Ohio State for what they did. I think, you know, they they were disruptive defensively early on. And I think that kind of changed the flow, like I said, of, of what Maryland wanted to do. But, you know, Ohio State is definitely a, a team to be reckoned with. And, and they play Indiana next. Yes. So that's going to be a that's gonna be a great game. That's going to be a great game. And, um, you know, you have to be ready for um, the defense that Indiana is going to present. So I'm intrigued by that game. I, I want to see how that's going to go because it's, it's the same kind of challenge. So Michigan State and, and Maryland play next. And then it's Iowa Northwestern. I mean, all these teams yep. who are in the top 25 or have received votes this year, you know, all six of those teams <laughs> have, have been in that uh, category. So, I mean, you have to, uh, you have to appreciate the toughness of the Big Ten, not any other conference in the country can say that they have five teams in the top 25. No, yeah. And they have uh, five teams that score more than 80 points a game. So you can't say that in, in any other conference. They have a so great think, argument as the yeah. deepest conference in the in the country. Deepest conference, I agree. I mean, this and by far, and, I, and it has always had successful teams, but I think this year the depth – the overall depth is has been quite amazing. And then for Michigan to be on that two-week pause, it's just so mm-hmm. disappointing. And I know you have to be safe, and I know you have to be careful. But we were talking about, you said Nas Hillman dropped the 50-point the game and 16 rebounds in, in the loss to Ohio State. But still, they're playing well. You know, and as a coach and as a player too, I mean, you want to you want to keep the chain moving. You want to keep going, yep. right? You want to be able to keep your your continuity and and to not be able to do anything for fourteen days as a team, right at this point of the year. I know it's tough. I mean, you're looking at, at Michigan men as well being um, yeah. both of them the, whole, the top the whole team in the country. Yeah, every, everybody, all the student athletes. Um, so I know you have to do what you have to do, but it's just so disheartening. And I just, you know, get a pit in my stomach for, for Ken Barnes, Rico and Jawan Howard uh, for that matter, mm-hmm. just to be in the thick of their seasons and, you know, wanting to gain that strong momentum going into February and, and into the tournament. And then they have to have the 14 day pause. I'm, I'm sure that is like, I don't know, that's brutal, uh, but you have to do it. You have to do it. Um, no. You have to no, do what's it, right. And that's what's right. 
No, it's really tough. Um, and, you know, luckily, if you want to look on the bright side, like there wasn't a positive test in the women's basketball program. Um, I'm not sure where that positive test came from, but they, they put yeah. the whole pro, they put the entire athletics program on pause. Um, and you, you applaud, you applaud. I think you have to applaud Michigan for doing the right thing. It is a you bummer do. for us. It is a bummer for us. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot in just a second. Uh-oh. To, to tell me which one of these teams you think has the could win a national championship or, or which team okay. has the best chance to win a national championship. But I want to say something about Ohio State. Um, so Ohio State, J.C. Sheldon, who leads the team in score, she's a great player. Yeah. She reminds yeah. me so much of Aaron Kraft, the, the men's Ohio State player. Yes. And it's yes. just like Ohio State on the men's side and on the women's side, I believe has always had a white point guard who is just like the player that everyone's like, Oh, she, she or he is so gritty. You know, they're, they're diving into the stance of these balls. It's just like, I love that, that, that whole thing has crossed gender barriers. There's no, there's no gender barriers for how basketball's play. They want their Aaron craft, exactly. JC Shelton, uh, JC Sheldon type. And they'll, and they'll have it. Damn it. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is, so Brax, Braxton Miller. Um, yeah, I love Braxton great, Miller's game. Great, great, uh, great player, averaging 11 points a game. Her name is one letter away from Braxton Miller, who was a football player for Ohio State. And I just there watched a bunch of games of Braxton Miller. And I'm like, I saw, I was like watching Ohio State and then it clicked. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Are like, they, I don't think they're related. I haven't seen if they're related, but yeah, I, I don't hope. think so. Yeah. I don't think they're related, but I'm not I'm not hundred percent on that. But I, I I know we've discussed that, but I don't believe they're related. But but she's tough and I mean what a great name for both of them. I love that. Uh, oh they, so there there's been uh there's been stories here about them, which is fun. Um because they, they do have the same exact name. I'm like guys. Uh, oh Hey, are they related? I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, look talking. it up because I don't know. I could ask Siri. But oh, they're both it. from Dayton. That it doesn't well, seem like that they're related. Is peculiar. That's peculiar. It could be, and they don't know it. See, there you go. Uh, so, okay, <laughs> they have. Uh, nope. This is. These are just two people with almost identical names um, from the same town who played at the same school. Crazy. Crazy stuff. That's right. too like cue the weird music. <laughs> that, that's really weird. Now I'm putting you on the spot. This is okay, where we're gonna end the show on. Which one of these teams, uh, if you if you had if you had to pick right now, which one of these okay. teams has the best chance of making it to the final four? Final four. And why? Okay. Who do we have? Oh, I'm choosing. Uh-huh. You're choosing. So we, we oh, have Maryland. Oh, I thought you were giving me a multiple You're choice. You're like Big man. Ten analyst. I'm just a guy. I'm here. So we got Maryland. We got Indiana. We got Michigan. We have Ohio State. Uh, we have Northwestern. And we'll throw Michigan State in as well. I was totally waiting for A, B, C, and D, man. I have to choose the, the oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I would say Maryland could definitely get in there. Um, I'm only choosing one, right? Or I'm only choosing, choosing one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the best chance? <laughs> Who has the best chance? I mean, I hate that, you know, 
that the injury bug has hit Maryland. And I think the further you go into the tournament, the tougher mm-hmm. that can be for a team, not to have the depth. Um, right. You know, you don't have uh, Angel Reese who's out with that fractured foot, but she could be back by that right. time. But who knows again, how, what her conditioning and, and the chemistry with the team would look like at that point, but she could be back. Um but then you also have Shanice Lewis who went out with that ACL, which was mm-hmm. so sad. Um, but that's another player who obviously added depth for Maryland. So, I mean, I think Maryland could, could take a deep run. And I think they have the capability of making it to the final four um, just because of how they knock in those threes and they have that high powered offense. But another team who could possibly get in, and I know you only asked for one, but your second choice. <laughs> My second choice, if the depth of Maryland becomes an issue throughout the tournament, I would go with Michigan. Okay. I, I, I think Michigan has it, even though I know that they lost to Ohio State. I just think, you know, not a lot of teams are going to have answers for Amy Dilk and Nas Hillman. And, you know, I just think that they have uh, a great balanced attack of upper class players, juniors and seniors. And it's usually the most experienced players who have that that great continuity. I, I know Maryland has has continuity with with a lot of new pieces, which mm-hmm. is very impressive. But when you have a team like Michigan, who um has been together longer and bring back a lot of their starters. I know Indiana is another team you could say the same thing about. So I'm not making yeah. much sense now, am I? Because everybody can go, right? <laughs> no, I, okay, I agree with you. Everybody so the two goes. Te- no, no, no. The two teams that I have ID'd here, and it depends on how much Michigan gets to play and when they can come back and all that. Assuming they have a two-week right. break and can come back, we're chilling. I think, I think I'm good with that. I, I ID in Michigan and, and Maryland as well. And it's because, you know, we, at, when we're talking about the tournament, you need those transcendent players. You need, yes. you, you need a player that's going to, you know, Arike, for example, right? Like, right. you had a great right. team around here, but Arike was the driving force behind um, those Final Four appearances for Notre Dame, right? So I yep. think when you look at Maryland, you say Ashley Wusu is someone who could go off for 30 and win you a game no matter what's happening other uh, outside. And I think exactly. she has a great support staff, a great supporting cast around her. Mm-hmm. But as long as they can stay, stay injury free from this point on, I think they should have a good chance in the tournament just because of how good she can be. She can win you a game. Same with Nas Hillman, same with Nas Hillman, right? Like Nas Hillman can just flat out say, I'm going to dominate this game. I'm going to win it. And those are the players that I, I want to put, I want to bet on. Right. And I think you look across the country and there's a few of them. You got Dana Evans at Louisville, Mm -hmm. Leah Boston at South Carolina. Like you need to me, you need a player that is going to say, this is on me. Let's I'm going to win this game. I'm going to win this exactly. game for us. I think Owusu and Hillman are those types of players. But if you told me Indiana was in it at the end, I'd believe you. If you told me Ohio State was in it at the end, I'd believe you too. Because this tournament is going to be insane. Just like, yeah, it is. You know, I'm going to say it. Like, it's going to be an insane it's tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So any of these teams have a chance, but I, I think I'm with you. I think Maryland and uh, Michigan are the two teams that have the best chance. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, Indiana is right in that mix. You know, they have, um, you know, a bunch of starters back, you know, from last Mm -hmm. year and they have great chemistry and experience. I think, you know, when you're talking about which teams can make that deep run, you know, 
that's what you have to have. I mean, and, you know, Maryland in 06 had a super young team and won the championship. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, anything can happen when you're like in a, in a mindset of just not being discouraged by your age or not being Mm -hmm. discouraged by not having uh, a lot of experienced players on the floor. I mean, you, you can fight and get it done. And and that has been done too. So, you know, you can't count anyone out, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to see how the remainder of the season unfolds and, you know, teams have to get those 13 games to qualify for postseason play. And, uh, you know, I just, I wish the best for, for Michigan and uh, hope they can get back out there soon because I need to see Nas Hillman. Like I was supposed to do that. I was supposed to do that Purdue game on Sunday and they, they pulled it on Saturday night at like mm-hmm. 11 o'clock and Purdue had already flown to Michigan and everything. So anywho, um, <laughs> hope to see you guys on, on there uh, watching some, uh, some big 10 hoops, great games on uh, coming up this week. But Gabe, this has been so fantastically exciting. You, you know, you always ask me the tough questions <laughs> and I love it. I answer them I love though, too. I, you did answer them too, but I, I love it though. I love it because, um, it really, um, uh, forces me to uh, step outside the, the box, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I think one way and then I somehow in explaining it, talk myself out of my own choices, which, you know, uh, we I'm don't know how I can that be happens. helpful. <laughs> I don't know how that happens all the time. But anyway, this has been a blast. As always, we appreciate you listening to Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network. I am Christy Winter Scott. Find me on Twitter at Christy W Scott 51 and Gabe. Uh, they can find me at Gabe underscore Ibrahim uh, and follow at Her Hoop Stats. Like I mentioned, this is a this is the week. Like, this is the week to follow us. Like, this week, um, beginning of tournament time, these two, those are the two biggest weeks to follow her hoop sets. I'd, I'd recommend uh, getting on, getting on board. Um, also, go to herhoopstats.com and like twenty dollars for all the stats you need about women's basketball. If you care, this is something you need. But that's not, we're we're not here to push the. It's good stuff. Yes, we are. Because you need to know. That's the whole point. We are. We are here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gabe. I will see you next time, my friend, here on Courtside. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader.